Welcome everybody to this uh, week's episode of The Huddle. We come at you every Tuesday to discuss maintaining forward progress in your flooring career. This week's a little bit of a um, little different of a of a um, huddle. I'm just I'm hoping that we can get some participation because the question is, uh, you know, how's your how's your schedule looking? How far out are you booked? It was pretty easy or pretty uh, simple topic, but. Uh, I'm just curious on, uh, you know, how installers' schedules look at this time of the year and um, what kind of backlogs we're all dealing with, not not necessarily just as the company, but kind of overall. So um, it's, it's a good way. We're coming up at the year end here. Uh, I think our next huddle, we're going to talk about goals, uh, either the next huddle or the huddle after that, talk about how to set, you know, real goals and and uh i know we've done that before but it seems pretty fitting coming up to the end of the year so so join me as always is daniel and jose from preferred flooring out of michigan gentlemen how you doing today doing great good good so how's uh how's the uh installation market schedule in your guys's area do you know how the uh how your subs are handling is it busy busy is it slowing down a bit yeah, we, we've been slowing down quite a bit um over here in our area um mainly on some of the negotiated work has been a little bit slow right but there's a lot of bids coming across but the bids don't do us any good right now um and if we weren't winning uh bids a few months ago then you know that then a little bit of a roll right now for that as well but um that's it's this this time of year is it's, I don't want to say it's always like this because it's not always like that but this is the time of year where it hits a little bit of a low and then all of a sudden right before the holidays or during the holidays everybody wants everything done yeah your shutdown work do you guys do a lot of shutdown work like just over the whether it's a school um restaurants yeah we yeah we, Got a couple of restaurants that uh, are, are going to be happening around the holidays. Um, it's the only time that they can really justify shutting down for a week um, to take care of some loose ends. Um, I had some other things scheduled for the holidays, but um, we were able to move them up and the schools were able to accommodate a schedule sooner than later. So uh, it actually helped out a lot. Awesome. Well, we've... Uh... I'd say that the bid market seems to slow down pretty well, but if you if you captured the right jobs at the right time in the past, you're probably still busy right now installing and moving materials and all that good jazz. So, I mean, we're ordering materials and <clears throat> setting jobs up. We got a few shutdown jobs, but overall, uh, I was just looking at the schedule um, in Go Carrera that kind of shows where a lot of in, you know installer schedules. Um, it appears, you know, to be slowing down a little bit. And uh, I think I've hit on this before, but the architectural billings look to be good through 2023. So commercially, it looks like it's still going to be somewhat busy. I'm, you know, a major world event could change that. So, you know, be on the lookout. Um, we're kind of in some weird times from a, you know, a world economic and and uh political stance um so we'll see if that if the uh stats i've heard that the architectural buildings are are maintaining through 2023 um, could spell a, another decent year here so uh talk to a few installers in prep for this and um there there are some guys sitting a little bit more around right now um uh so great time to get like some education maybe, classes maybe. in what's that great time to get some education classes in, some training some hands-on use your that, uh, downtime wisely if, if you planned correctly no doubt that's a, a great point um yeah it'd be a good time if you if you are a little bit slow to 
uh, join in on some of the FCICA webinars. There, I know there's uh, Ardex is always doing different webinars, and I don't know off the cuff um, of some that are coming up, but I, I do know that you know there's constant training there. And then there's some courses. Uh, CFI is constantly running stuff. You can always go to our training page that stays fairly up to date with new trainings um, and you know opportunities for you guys. So I wanted to mention the Ford Progress um, Sim Scholarship again. Uh, I'll I'll do that every every week until we get as a winner. But um, when does that stop, Ashlyn? is the deadline for so december 15th is the deadline for applications for that that scholarship so if you guys um you know know anybody or if you've received the email from fcica feel free to forward that on or the email from go carrera please forward that on to anybody who may be interested um outside of daniel or i <laughs> and uh so yeah, pass it around and and uh, I know several people have already um, applied for that scholarship. So awesome. I'm looking forward to uh, handing that out and and hopefully uh, starting something uh, where we can maybe uh, we're pretty committed to doing that every year, uh, but hopefully be able to do even maybe a little a little bit more, maybe two of them a year. We'll see how it gets uh, received by the audience and. And by installer. So specifically, I'd like to see an installer win this thing. Um, I don't have a lot of control over that, but uh, the installer group does. If you'll go and apply for the scholarship, it, you it's free. I mean, go apply and win and uh, take the opportunity to learn something that you're not going to be taught in your standard technical training. This is a lot of those soft skills we've talked about on the huddle before. And it's a good training. We have several CIMs at our company, at our flooring company. And uh, I know Daniel's going to be one, and I'm going to join him. We're going to make sure we're together on that. Eventually. Eventually. Yeah, I can, we'll be over there. Then I can cheat off of him. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, That's funny. They're so, actually it right now, too. So there's going to be a little more, little more streamlined process, uh, I want to say. Um, instead of the, the, the longer drawn out version uh, of the educational uh, portions. So hopefully it turns out well. You guys working on that? Is that what you said? Yeah, yeah. Um, I've been working on it with Amy Johnson just a little bit. I mean, I think uh, a little bit behind uh, schedule because we got to get some PowerPoints uh, together and approve. But I know that there's, uh, there's several people working on um, creating a, a better version of it to, to expedite the educational portion. That's cool. Cause you know, I've read through most of the stuff that our CIMs brought back after the, you know, they, they did their three day. Um, <clears throat> that's one heck of a program as is. So uh, kudos for making it even better. So I, I wish you guys the best on that for sure. That's awesome. Okay, so CIM, don't forget, get on uh, Ford if you've received the email from FCICA or Go Carrera. Please forward that on, and let's get as many people uh, the opportunity to win this, uh, this scholarship as possible. That being said, um, I guess the point of this is, you know, we're always talking about how short it is. Um, I'm, I'm just curious is – do. What happens, What, in your guys' opinion, what happens if you add six or 7,000 installers? Are we still just better off in the busy times than a lot of guys sitting around? That's a controversial statement to bring up, but I'm, I'm curious your guys' opinion of that. We say we're, you know, six, eight, 10,000 short, and I believe, I believe that stat. I actually believe it's going to be way worse than that, meaning when we start aging out, I mean, we've already started, but really then this next five years, you're going to see a big decline, I believe. But at this point, if we were to add, say, 8,000 installers across the nation, uh, would it just help in the busy times or is there enough work out there? Um, and and again, just 
this could be a really short huddle because if we don't get a lot of participation, we're not going to have a lot of uh, material to work off of. But uh, that being said, what do you guys think about that? Do you think that that um, we need like this 8,000 number that I keep hearing and that we've heard over the last several years? Or is it a matter of uh, we're just used to working so hard and so many hours in flooring that we'd actually have a normal life and that would be okay? Or uh, what's your guys' take? Go ahead, Daniel. Well, I still want to say that one of the, the biggest issues is getting the the costs up where they need to be in order to sustain everything that you need to, because there's too many guys out there that, and we, we say it constantly, right? They're, they, they pretty much just own a job and they're, that's all they're doing. So they're not taking care of themselves. They're not getting their health care, which means that they're not going to the doctors on a regular basis, which means that if they do hire someone, they're hiring them wrong. So how do we get the the rates up to the point to where people can comfortably do this and do things right at the same time? Because, I mean, healthcare and this stuff goes hand in hand. And we'll, I'll say it again, you know, I will we'll continually say it. I should have been in the doctors a long time ago, you know, should have been wearing knee pads from day one, like we have our guys do, should have, uh, we have, you know, cut resistant gloves on the shelf, just in case anyone wants to, it's, it's a lot that goes in it that a lot of people don't really take into consideration, and um, some of the some of the organizations out there keep on pushing like how much money you can make and throwing out these ridiculous numbers. But I mean, that's only gonna, if it does bring them in, it's only going to take them so far that could, because as soon as you get the, the full scope of kind of what the industry entails, it's like, man, this is not what I thought it was going to be. Right. So I think, well, I think it's, it's, <laughs> Sorry to interrupt, but I think it's important that we we what the point you just brought up is is um, worthy of a little deeper dive is we throw these big numbers out, but you have to realize that those are those numbers are really if you and if you own a job, I don't necessarily think that you know you being you owning your job is a bad thing as long as you're valuing the trainings and you're 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 valuing your what you are providing and providing that uh at a worthwhile cost and um you know take into account the education and the 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 professionalism if you're acting like a true professional and you are a professional floor covering installer that is um then you can make a lot of money i think what we're talking about though is that the organizations take numbers from current, say, subcontract uh, installers, professional guys, but not talking about the amount of time or effort or hours that they are putting in. What I would love to see in this industry is a, a you know, our more hourly, um, even though Go Carrera really is built for more of the independent. Um, but also just making sure that the uh, independent labor uh, on the market is held accountable to quality expectations, education expectations, uh, those kinds of things. So that the industry can become healthier uh, from a physical health standpoint, a financial standpoint. And you mentioned, you know, like insurance and stuff like that. I mean, there's... Um, if you even have a health savings account, right, an HSA as a as a sub, which at the very least I would I would recommend you do. There's a lot of financial benefits to doing that. Um, but the point is, you gotta you gotta make enough money to put it in there. 
Right. So when they talk these numbers, they're not talking about a lot of the people they're talking to, say a, a subcontractor, say, yeah, I made 350 last year. And the question is, did they, is any of that put back? Is it, have they taken care of their, do they have health insurance and those kinds of things? Like, and if so, then you really got to take that away from that 350, you know, like I could say we did 12, 15 million last year. Well, it's not like I got $15 million in the bank account. You know what I mean? So just making the numbers actually realistic and real. Um, so, and then your rally cry, Daniel, look, if you're an employee, demand to be paid on a W-2 and have the same benefits as whoever else is there on payroll at the company that you're at. If you're a 1099, you are your own guy and you got to take care of yourself and the you got to have the money to do so. So make sure you're charging appropriately. Right. And like you said, you know, it's not a bad thing to own a job. A lot of guys like working just by themselves and that's totally fine. I mean, uh, even, you know, in the field, a lot of the time, just like you guys just go do your thing. And then I'm going to go do mine over here, work by myself because I just, I need that piece. And I can understand where, where a lot of people would just want to work by themselves. And if that's what you want to do, you're, there's definitely, you know, ways you can make a great living and flooring is one of them. Yeah. But I still, I still echo your, your sentiment, still take care of yourself. And if you're working alone, it's going to be a lot harder on your body. But I think one of the biggest plagues, and you brought it up, it's not it's not 1099 subcontractor installers. It's those subcontractors hiring people and then paying them as 1099. That is the piece where you get a third tier. That's where it starts to get really messy and quality control gets lost. You know, we've had it happen to us. We award a job to to a sub and then they have some other guy do it that works with them, but is a 1099 as well. Well, how many layers of 1099 are we going to go here? Like, you know what I'm saying? Someone's right. got to have employees. I'm happy to, we do have in-house employee benefit installers, but we also have subs. I would love for those subs to have employee installers that they are, um, somehow incentivized to make sure that their employees are trained. That used to be what the companies did. Now that the subs are out there so heavily and have been for 20, you know, going on 20 years here, they really need to hire employees and, and make sure they're charging enough to make sure that employee can be taken care of. So if you have one helper, the helper should be paid on a W-2. It benefits you greatly, uh, although you still have, to, then you have to pay taxes and those kinds of things, payroll taxes. But it's it's really not that difficult if you just get an accountant that can help you out a few hundred dollars a year and can help you, you know, toe to straight line. Um, so, yeah, that's where I see, as a law of subject, obviously, but uh, that's where I see where, it's you what know. we do on here, you know, things <laughs> play off of each other. Yeah. You know, when you when you do have employees, right, because we're, we're focused on how, how the schedule is right now. And it has. Uh, lately, it's been essentially hit or miss. And I think we've been uh, a little lucky to have some things fall in our lap. But for the pet, like last week, we had the guys in here and we brought the, the training boxes down. And it's like, you know, we got time. You guys are this is this is the material you're going to work with. And essentially go in this box and what we're looking for is perfection. So if you're going to present me with anything less than perfection, let's do it again. Yeah, that's awesome. Those um, over this time of year is typically uh, when we, when our training module gets the most activity as well, you know, a guy has a day off instead of him going, taking PTO, if he wants to uh, not use his time off, and uh, wants to work, we'll put him in the module and and having, you know, some of the really good guys, we'll put them with someone else to train them for the day uh, in the module. And we'll use some leftover sheet vinyl, carpet, yeah. whatever, and wall tile. We've installed everything in that doggone module. So 
So yeah. now's a, I guess, you know, now's a great time to train. If you're it a is. company out there, get your employees into talking about kind of um the people that had stuff going on. If you look at the NAFCT, they actually have an online course for their uh subfloor and substrate, and it gets really in depth on some stuff. I mean, like I've been doing this for 20 something years, right? And when we went through this, I was like, man, I never knew this information. Like it's things that you the science behind everything that you wouldn't even think of if you know you're just doing it forever you would actually have to go super in depth and it kind of gives you that that background like this material is this way because of this and if you see this on you know wood that's because it's made this way that means it's going to grow more this way than it would the other way and it gets very very in depth and i i would encourage everyone to take that just for you know it's great knowledge and which one is that that the, is the subfloor and substrate prep yep so there's one coming up in stockton california so uh, i think the way they have it set up is you actually it's videos online you watch the videos you take the tests and then um the actual in-person stuff is only a one-day deal where you go show up and then that's when you you're able to but get you had to have taken the the written portion first correct? correct yep so it looks okay. like pretty pretty simple just like you said daniel it's uh sign up for the certification program and you can just go to nafct.com and then click on training and go to calendar classes and then you can click on any of those trainings and Right, you right there. We the... were actually at the the first in person one that they did um in Ohio, right at uh Jason Goldberg's place, and it was real nice to see like all the different prep manufacturers working with each other, knowing that everyone's getting along. You got you know I'm a pay guy mixing stuff in Arctic's bucket, and it's just. It was, it was great to to watch everyone kind of interact that you think, well, this is a competitor. Well, it's just another tool in the toolbox, man. There, there's yeah. places for everyone out there and everyone has their favorite, but you always need something else because at, at some point your favorite is going to be like, oh yeah, we're not going to cover that. Yeah. Well, and they all realize they have, each one has some unique products. So, you know, there are certain things Shernox has that Mopay doesn't and vice versa and Ardex has that no one has. And so it's good to know that the manufacturers work together. I, I got a question for you, Daniel. Can you take the online version and then go to any of the uh, the in-person hands-on? I believe so. I think so. I, I'm not sure. That's convenient. If but, it but works I, that I way, that's, that's really cool. So you that's can do right. everything online. And then once you're finished with that, you can be like, oh, this one's next month, right in my hometown. So that's the one I'm going to go to. So go get your the written portion done. And even if it's several months away from one in your area being performed, do the written one and um, be prepared for your, your in-house. Sorry, I was looking at this. Um, the the different dates yeah there's several on november 16th from calhoun garland texas and stockton california so yeah that's it's cool if if you can go on and and complete the um complete the online ver uh, portion of it and then go to the one that's closest to you so you know a few hours of dead time can be used to learn something new and uh or or even you know kind of strengthen what you may already know and uh and then get prepared for you know the sub the substrate and floor prep now i would say that class also qualifies for a badge and go career which is cool um the it it the purpose of badges is you know obviously you may be great at carpet or 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 whatever but if you're doing flash cove sheet vinyl or sheet vinyl and or lvt or any of that stuff i want to see that you got a 
self-leveling floor prep badge because that badge tells me you've been through a couple of courses teaching you the chemistry, which is, I think, the piece that you can't, it's difficult to learn the chemistry piece outside of a training, an education from the manufacturers. You know, unfortunately, a lot of people learn the science behind everything after something fails instead of before. Um, and, and and that's a, that's the sad truth. And that's, that's a hard pill to swallow. But we've been on on the learning side of that, both both sides. Um, yeah, <laughs> it's what it is, right? It's, it's, it's yeah. better. Um, but hey, I wanted to go back to the, the original question and uh, the subject. When you said uh, earlier, you said, because of these slow times, do we really need 8,000? Are we really short 8,000 or whatever number uh, installers? And um, this is theoretical, right? And it's just, uh, I feel like, yes, we are short, but we're short qualified individuals, not just an installer got a van and some tools. We're short qualified people who are um, who are doing quality work because that's what's that's what's disappearing uh, is the 20 years 30 years 40 years experience is what we're losing and we're gaining the two years doing residential carpet now i'm going to start my own commercial flooring business you know i mean that's that's i think that that's what's really watering our industry down and that's what hurts is what is what will it do to the market if we had eight thousand more qualified installers and it you know Part of me thinks that like something would happen where now work is scarce and now we have to compete against one another. But the other part is like, I wonder how many businesses, how many owners, how many uh, places aren't accepting bids or changing uh, when they're doing work because they can't find the qualified people. How many people are pushing it off until the next year and it just piles on and piles or on? They just don't, or they just don't bid a specific type of flooring because they don't have the expertise to right. do it. That's, that'd be interesting. But you bring up a good point. I wonder... Uh, you know, when you talk about, uh, good quality guys, like I, I know we preach training and, and education on here. That's because that's how we, there's only two ways to learn. You either have to have a, an amazing person ahead of you that's willing to teach you. And so your experience turns into you learning or you have some experience that you marry with actual training. Like the only way you get better at anything is doing it and learning it like education and expertise or, or experience. So I guess all that being said, yeah, you, you have, when you, when we talk about losing or aging out on some of uh, the older installers, you are losing that 20, 30 years and you're gaining uh, less, I hate to say it, less experience, less qualified, really, yeah. uh, installer group. I guess the question is, if it, if we did have, say, 8,000, do supply and demand economics come into it? So we're already talking about not getting paid enough. In what atmosphere is it going to take for prices to go up then? Because if supply and demand economics are at play, then lower demand, lower supply on the installer side, more demand in the in the need should equal the higher wages. Period. It should it should bring that up, and then you swap that and you get enough installers to do it on a forty hour week. Increased competition, increased supply. Does that drive prices down? I guess it depends on the market and the area, right? What time of the year is it? Are you going after commercial or residential? Are you doing educational? Are you doing healthcare? I mean, how about this for an answer? If they've invested in themselves and spent money on training and certifications and education, they're less likely to take a job for super cheap and drive prices down. So if they're highly qualified and trained, and they have a, there's a, a barrier of entry. I just wish there was a more, you know, that's what Go Career is trying to be is some barrier of entry that encourages guys to, uh, guys and gals, installers in general, to get 
trained and certified to increase their hammer rating to qualify for more work. That's the whole spill, right? So if that's it, then there's the, the installers who are putting forth the money and the time to go pay for a training, be at a training or, you know, take an online course and then go to a training. Um, it's the guys that don't have that that are going to, in my opinion, they're going to drive down the price. And I was part of the problem when I first started. I, I'll, I, so I know that I know this is how it happens. I mean, I had only been doing it for a year, probably uh, less when, well, yeah, about. I guess it'd be maybe three years total before I went out and started subbing. Um, I had no business doing that. And I, I charged way too less of a price, way too low of a price. And the purpose was I wanted to get work and, and put food on the table. Yeah. Uh, but at that point, I hadn't taken any training. I hadn't gotten any certifications. Uh, so the young Paul Stewart is the problem of the industry. And I think that's where most everyone gets their start if they're starting on the installation side anyway, um, unless they are working for, uh, I mean, they're not a subcontractor, they're working as an employee or for a union. They have, um, the union's got a lot of programs in place just for them, and that's awesome. Um, and, and I don't know of too many people that said, I left the union to start my own. You know what I mean? They're comfortable, right? Um, but it's the, the entrepreneur, entrepreneur spirit that that forces someone's mental to take that that lateral movement and walk alongside of the people they learned with um, to try to start their own future. And unfortunately, we did the same thing. We we started. We didn't know, right? It, no matter how much practice we got, how many questions we had, um, every answer was different. We didn't know what to charge. So you start, and then you start finding out. We ain't charging enough. If you charge enough, we're not sustaining. You see that money um, leaving, 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 and you're like, uh, yeah, maybe, maybe we gotta rethink these prices. If we can get enough people on here um, participating, we weekly we we have a decent audience. I, we're obviously trying to grow it here on the huddle, but it would be, I would love to have that like disclosure, like transparent conversation with. 10 or 15 installers on the huddle about pricing and, and how they're going about it. And, and, yeah. uh, right. Just a, lot of, a lot of things to factor in there. That, that's actually a good topic right there. Like, yeah. Cause we talked to people all across the U S about pricing already. Right. And it, and people reach out to, to me on a regular basis and even, you know, the local guys and they're like, what do you guys get for this? What do you get for that? And it's like, I'm going to tell them exactly what we're getting for it because that's what I feel it's worth. Like if you're not making this, doing this, stop doing it. And some people are like, man, you don't charge enough. And some people are like, I can't believe you're getting that. And it's just. Yeah. It's so regional. Yeah. I mean. Yeah, it's from so regional. Home, and, and, and I, I, I still believe that the, the higher trained you are, I know my price is for, some of the work after I've after we get trained or we got certified or or what have you prices did go up. I I just understood the value of what we were providing better after I had gotten educated. So uh, I know we preach on it all the time, but I'm not stopping. <laughs> we we've got to get our industry the health of our industry better through training and education. Yeah, and that's... we need to start bridging the gap, you know, with with the the, the actual stores, because a majority of the guys out there are subcontractors, and if we don't start bridging that gap, there's always going to be that disconnect between even just the salesman and his installers. Because I've I've met you know project managers on job sites um, for local companies that. We have said no to work before, but they get put in a spot and they, you know, I show up and we're walking around the job and he's like, well, what do you think of these prices? And I was like, yeah, we can't do it for that price. He was like, but I got someone else that says that, you know, they'll do carpet tile for $2 a yard. I said, why, why did you even call me here? And that's, that's the disconnect that, that people have. It's like, 
at some point these stores got to even talk to the guys and be like, listen, you're not charging enough for this. But they're too worried about padding their own pockets because every time you go on the groups and, you know, um, it's a majority of it is actually retail store owners. So they're doing a lot of residential, but that's the only thing they talk about is numbers, numbers, numbers. Got to hit this margin, got to hit that margin. And then the only time they bring up uh, installation is when there's an issue. And then at that point, it's bash the installers when in reality, it's maybe if you would have sold the right product or if you would have hired the right people, you wouldn't be in the situation you are now. And and that goes to like some of the relationships that we have and um, extremely transparent. Like I know that when we're hired for, for the labor portion, I understand 100% that they have to make money. And I am by no means trying to pick their back pocket. Um, and, and some of it's give and take, right? Like I know that on this project right here, I know that I might not be able to recoup what I feel we've invested in some of the, the ads or the unforeseen conditions, but I know that I'll make it up with them on the next one or two. So I'm not concerned about that. And transparency is paramount. I just... We're all in it to make money. We're not in it for practice. And if you're working with a, a company or a store that understands you guys and your value, then they have no problem sitting down and saying, hey, I'm in a bad spot at this number. Or, hey, uh, can you help me out? Or, hey, you know what? We did really good on this job. Here's a little bit extra, guys. And that's happened to us. And we're like, um, I'm not going to say no. Yeah, they the that's a funny dynamic. Um, have you ever had a GC call you? Hey, you did a great job, guys. I'm gonna give you an extra XYZ on this contract. That never happens. I've never had a GC call me. I've no. never in 20 something years ever had a GC. I've gotten compliments like, hey man, you guys did a great job. Thanks for this guy or that guy, but never, hey, you know, I know that's a two hundred thousand dollar job, but I'm gonna send you a change order for 10 grand just because you did so good. Yeah. It doesn't work that way for the flooring company. Yeah. So when it does work that way for a sub, um, that's a company just showing appreciation. But what I'd say is the, the installers in the industry just have to, and I know it's very regional, but you just have to value your, your body and your work and what you're providing. And I just find it the guys that are not trained, that's how Go Career ever came to be is when we started searching all over the nation for installers to do a big national account that we have. Um, when it first came around in early 2017, you know, we learned through hiring guys all over the nation that if we found a highly certified highly trained guy he was just better and i'm not just talking about he was just better to deal with uh i'm not saying that you know there's not the out there's plenty of outliers guys who are not you know uh how do i say this like formally trained um they learn from their uncle or whatever so they're not formally trained but they're awesome there's plenty of those guys don't get me wrong i'm just saying that over the course of going through this for years now and working with installers all over the nation, the guys who value themselves enough to go through the education process and get the trainings and certifications that matter to them. They're just, they, they value themselves more. We had to pay them more, but they also came through for us in a better situation, in a better manner than someone we were maybe taking a shot on. And that's how go career came to be really. That's, I mean, I, once you have that re realization, then you put together, we, we decided to put together stuff that, that took the two main metrics, which is experience and training and make them work together, built an algorithm to give a skill score. And that's, that's where that all started. So, you know, value yourself enough to charge appropriately is the bottom line. And that's what Daniel was, you know, it, you know, stabbing at i mean you didn't stab at it you shot it with a rifle i mean you were clear <laughs> that you know value what I, and i'm not saying everybody should make the same as what you charge daniel you you you're a 
you're no, one of, and everyone should just make enough so that way they can run the business that they need to run right um whether it's the the one man deal or if you have a crew of four you need to be able to uh all make a living and have a little bit of profit at the end of the day that way when something happens because not if something happens when something happens you need to have that cushion for later I wonder if a worksheet or a module that would allow an installer within Go Carrera to like put their their average production uh, and the product and the price that they charge a yard. And then we give them some expense categories to fill out and it shows them how much they have to install on a daily basis to break even where you actually see this is what your average taxes would be. That's this actually a is great what your idea. average, yeah. uh, you know, pay, you know, one helper costs you, you know, just use. Uh, you are the Excel king, so. What's that? I said, you are the Excel king. You're the <laughs> yeah, we could build a module even uh, based on Excel, honestly, but uh, it would just be a web module that, that, I don't right know, on the something website, like, anyone can just go plug and, whatever they want in. Yeah, installer health and give a give a, a a part to what what discipline? So sheet vinyl, how much per yard do you charge? X Y Z. Uh, do you have you know one employee at this amount? Um, and and fill all that out, and then here's what your tax expense is gonna most likely be. Now we're not financial advisors or accountants here, but you know, you can look at the U.S. tax code, and obviously it's going to change state by state. But from a U.S. tax code, it's easy enough to say about what bracket you're in. And if you're in the six-figure bracket in flooring, you're going to be at a 30 to 38% income tax. So, you know, these aren't hard numbers to come up with. But then you could see, well, what it would do is show you like, man, I'm not making, if I hire a guy the right way, I'm not making any money at $12 an hour on sheet vinyl or, you know, whatever the number is mm -hmm. at 18. Now I can make some money. I can pay up, pay my guy the way I should pay my taxes, you know, set a little bit aside for equipment and, and future purchases and build a finance, a, a, a tool to help guys be more financially aware, just aware that I can't do it at 12 bucks or I can't do it at, on carpet. I can't install carpet at $2, have a quality helper, pay my taxes, pay my insurance, pay my gas, pay my truck payment and make a profit to take home to mama. Right. Uh, we have Kendall on Facebook over here and he says that what he's seen in his career um, as a residential carpet installer is that a lot of the guys now are actually switching over to hardwood and uh click together plank and that leaves a lot of the new guys that don't know what they're doing coming in and messing a bunch of stuff up on the carpet side carpet side but it's it's like that everywhere i think because we see it we we see people that have done, you know, the even the click together plank, and it's supposed to be a DIY thing, but they still don't pay attention to folks. That shit is specifications. It's none of it's D, you know, DIY if you're not going to follow the instructions and understand how to uh, uh, accomplish the, like if it says to leave a quarter inch gap around all uh, immovable you know, vertical objects. So door frames and things like this, and you don't know how to cut correctly to give yourself a nice quarter inch gap around there. I mean, it's, it's the simplest things, but it still takes hand skills to do is my point. And yeah. a lot of the DIY stuff that's posed as DIY is straight from the manufacturer. I love you manufacturers, but you guys publish it that way so that more people will buy your stuff you know they're not trained, so if they have a problem on the job, it's most likely coming back on them because they installed it themselves. You will definitely, because you find fault in 
professional flooring installers installation methods you're well, definitely going to be able to find are... fault in a diy person so your your exposure or your risk is so low when you when you uh when you advertise a product as diy and it, if it goes wrong no skin off the manufacturer's back really and that's um the specs are very broad the limited warranty i mean it doesn't matter you, you if you they were to go through every single piece installed they would find flaws in a in the most professional of installs ever i mean come on they well that's my whole point is yeah. when you when you have a diy slated product that when somebody does it diy the the possibility of it coming back on the manufacturer is pretty low because i've been involved with claims and had to defend claims on guys who were highly certified and we did it the right way, but the manufacturer still, I mean, this is, you know, if any manufacturers on here listening, I'm sorry, but the first, the first plug is to what did the installer do wrong? The product failed. What did the installer do wrong? And, and it's not a, a real transparent investigation. You're looking what, what install wise was not done exactly to the T but we don't get to do that to your manufacturing processes. We don't get to go in your manufacturing plant and say what conditions within the manufacturing plant were not exactly the way they should be during the manufacturing of this product. So long story short is DIY stuff. Just what I'm getting at. It's just, it's pretty low um, risk for a manufacturer. And the fact is, is DIY, most DIY products have some level of, complexity that really requires a, a pro that's right. just my opinion i've watched too many products go in click together oh it looks so easy and then a guy didn't know how to even cut in the last piece or he started on the wrong side and started with the wrong started started off incorrectly and had to take up the whole area and turn it around and okay. i mean Kendall says that he's seen like a lot of the customers going to buy their stuff from the box store and then calling you to install it too and it's like that's where as an installer, when, because uh, <clears throat> Danny Sherman also says, you know, you got to, you got to make a living, right? It's a give and take to a certain degree as far as like talking to the salesman and stuff. And it's like that too, if you sell your own product and someone already has it, but you don't have work, that's putting work on the table, right? But you have to, that's when you have to know your numbers and know, all right, I'm not making money on the product. So I'm going to up my margins on the install side in order to be able to still have that little bit of a cushion. Yeah. You got to know your worth. And if, if you're a company that supply, if you're an installer supplies your own material, sometimes you buy from, you know, one of the distributors or a box store, or you buy it from, you know, Florida core or whatever, and you supply materials sometimes that's awesome. But you got to listen to Daniel. If you're working labor only, you better, you got to make up some margin somewhere. Um, I would, I would just say, know your worth. And even with that directive, that means guys that are not trained and, and don't have certifications have not, you know, uh, put forth that effort They're what they know their worth uh, as is going to be lower than somebody who's invested several thousand dollars and, and a lot of hours in getting certified and trained. So I think, it's got to start with getting your education right. I know our education system in America gets a lot of, you know, brow brow beating, but there's a reason you still start your life as soon as you're basically able to walk and communicate in an effective manner. You're going to school and learning things, and I think that as soon as you're able and willing to start your own flooring installation business. You should start with the basics and go get trained, get certified. And, you know, then you know your worth that you will know your worth better by that. And like I always say, get to convention, talk to these guys, go talk to some other installers who know their worth and, uh, you know, know where you can charge, um, realizing the, the, uh, experience gap, you know, some new sheet vinyl guy should not go to Daniel and say, Hey man, how much do you make a yard? And, or a foot, whichever way, and uh, try to make that. I mean, know your true worth. 
And if you're just getting going and you're highly certified, highly trained, you may be a little cheaper than someone's got 20 years of experience, but that's okay. As long as you're charging appropriately for the effort and um, time Still. and money that you've invested in yourself. I feel like if you got, I guess what I'm saying, I feel like if you got skin in the game by spending money and getting educated, that you're going to be more apt to ask for what you're worth than somebody who's going to be reluctant to do so because he knows he hasn't been properly trained. He knows he hasn't been properly educated on those systems, um, the adhesives, the, the, you know, ambient conditions, the concrete substrate conditions, you know, what is a smooth floor? What is a flat floor and understand all that stuff. So. There's definitely a lot of moving parts. Yep. All right, guys. Well, we're at the end here. That went longer than I was anticipating with a uh, little bit uh, lower participation this week, but as always a great conversation. I hope anybody who's on, uh, you know, learn something. If you need anything, please reach out. Um, if you have any questions about training or how to get trained, you, you're free to uh, shoot me an email, paul at gocarrera.com. Either one of these guys, uh, they've always been open to helping installers become better versions of themselves and, uh, you know, better installers overall. So you guys want to plug your uh, best way to get in contact with you? Just our first name at, you know, Daniel or Jose at pfmi.team for the email. Uh Local installers actually stop by here. Uh, I don't. I don't want to say too often, but enough to where you know. Anytime they want to come by, it's like doors open. Come, we had someone show up the other day. You know, um, he had a couple brand new guys, and him. It's him and his dad, and his his guys came in here and just hey, come and take a look at what we got going on. Take a look at how we uh, kind of train the guys, the boxes that we use, and. Also, I I told him I said, and if you ever want to bring your new guys here, you guys you know have some downtime, bring them over. Dude, you guys are so awesome. I mean, I don't know how many people are on the call today, but if you don't understand what that is saying, he's he, these could be somewhat potential uh, installers for you, but also potential competition. And you're trying to make the industry better by sharing best practices and showing people how to do things. That is fantastic. It's the only way to be better as a whole, man. The only way. Yeah. Well, guys, thanks again for joining me. As always, it was a pleasure. It's funny how fast an hour goes when you start chatting and, 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 uh, you know, talking about things you're passionate about. So I, uh, appreciate you guys every single week and we will see you guys next week, uh, three o'clock central time on tuesday come join us on the huddle and uh hopefully we can all help each other to uh you know like we talked on this call improve the industry the health of the uh industry and specifically the uh installation um portion of the industry so signing out thank you gentlemen yeah, thank you, sir. all right have a good one see ya